All right. You guys all know that I'm a massive, massive fan of the Rocky and Creed franchise. I've talked about it a million times here on the channel. Uh, but one thing I've never done is brought someone else on to chat with me about this franchise, especially about any of the movies individually. But today I have my good friend Kurt Schmidt here to talk about Creed 3. Kurt, thanks for being on, dude. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me. What's up? So this Creed franchise, you were not really familiar with it until a couple of weeks ago when I'm like, dude, you have to watch this Creed franchise. You've got to watch Creed 1 and 2 so that you can go see the third one in the theater. And you're like, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And you did get to it, like, actually pretty rapidly. You ran through the first two movies with your family. Before you went to see this movie, what did you think of the Creed franchise? And, you know, were you a big Rocky guy beforehand? And then also, like, what what did your family think of it? Because I know you brought them on on the whole deal as well. Yeah, so I was I – was, I was familiar with the franchise. I just hadn't seen it. I, I knew that it existed. I'm not completely under a rock. Um, I've uh, I've seen all the Rockies, probably all of them multiple times. Not the biggest Rocky fan, but I don't know. I've I've seen them all. Like all the movies, they're good. Um, the the Creed movies, man. We uh, yeah, you you were a big push for me to watch them. It was always just something that uh, that I. Yeah, it's good. All right, I'll get to it sooner or later. The preview for the third one looked really good, and I was really interested in seeing it. And, um, and yeah, so w with your push, I, I went out and got the, the, the first two movies, watched them with the family, with uh, my wife and two two of my kids, and, and they they all loved them. We all loved, like, the first one, like, uh -huh. it was – we were all, like, glued glued to our seats, like – Eyes glued to the screen. It was it was a damn good movie. So yeah. good that we watched the second one, like the night after, uh, which which rarely ha rarely happens in our house, um, to to get us all uh, watching the the TV like two nights in a row like that. That was uh, that's a rarity for sure. And then, uh, to my surprise, like within a couple days, my wife is like texting me a picture like, hey. Like a um, like she's got tickets like reserved. Like should I should I get them for like the the Tuesday the five dollar movie Tuesday right uh, the 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 Tuesday after uh, yeah. opening weekend and I'm like yeah go for it but that was completely her idea I was just gonna bring it up like the weekend of that's crazy so they they loved it like what, what did you think yeah. of the second the the second film as compared to the first one I like the. I think I like the second film more. Um, I the the fighter. Regard, forget the, like the storyline, but I I the, my biggest problem with the first one is I I didn't the, I didn't find the the fighter to be yeah. uh, I don't know like challenging enough. He didn't look yeah imposing. not very not a formidable yeah. foe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He didn't look very imposing. He didn't look very imposing in this movie either. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know they brought him back. You know, yeah. they brought him back for 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 another round. Um, I I have to agree, and you're not alone in that. Like, I just read an article today about like uh, it was all about the Rocky franchise, the Creed franchise, and and that each film is only as good as its villain, right? Yeah. And 
that was like the one thing that kind of hurt Creed was, yeah, it, it, even though the the villain, quote unquote villain, ended up being victorious in the end, um, you kind of didn't know why. You know, you're like, ah, he seems like a run of the mill fighter. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, he wasn't as imposing. At least, like in the in the Rocky films, there's always been something about the villains. Right. Like Apollo Creed, he was so like he was world renowned. He had been the champ for a while and he was very like braggadocious. He was very like, um, I don't know. He was like an imposing figure. Right. Just because he was so bombastic, like he was so, such a shit talker. He was such a uh, showman. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he fights him again in the second film. OK, then you get to the third one and you have the Mr. T character. Which actually had a lot – I feel like this film, The Creed Three, had a, a lot of crossover, not only with the third film, but, like, it had elements from all the films in it. It, it was – even though we didn't have Sylvester Stallone in it at all, yeah. uh, which I, I feel like was a glaring omission. Like, I do feel like that was felt in it. Um, but you're right, absolutely right about the first and the second film. I definitely liked – I think I might like the first film better as a film, as like a world builder, but the, definitely the fight and the villain in, in Creed two were far better. It was far like scarier. It was more imposing when he just beats the hell out of them in their first fight. You're like, yeah, of course that's what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, so getting into Creed three, then finally, um, what did you think, man? So you were a fan of the first two, your wife is so excited. She buys tickets early for the whole family. What did you think? And this is your first experience with any Creed movie on the big screen, too, and I think that makes a big difference as well. But what did you think of the third film? I loved it. Um, I thought, for, excuse me, for me, it was the best uh, Creed film, and I would rank them like in uh, like three, two, one. I'd count them down. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I uh, I really like this movie. My family, they all said, like, no, it's it can't be the best because there was no Rocky. Like, they were like, where's Rocky? Where's Rocky? And I'm like, yep. I said, like, F Rocky. Who gives a shit? Like, I don't care about yeah. Rocky. I had enough of Rocky. Like, this yeah. is, I'm like, this movie's the, I, I said, like, far and away, this one was the best. It, like, and they touched on – I love the, the stuff with his family, like with the daughter. I, I was not expecting it to go, like, so heavy with the with her being deaf and everything. Yeah. I I love that. I, there's – I don't have – I mean, they they flew through some stuff, but I thought I thought they handled, like, the whole storyline really good. And, and it was – it was – it was made – it was a – it was a really good movie, man. Yeah, you know, I feel like this one focused a lot more on the dramatic, uh, dramatic beats. Yeah, and a little less on the you know, fight, fight, punch, punch aspect. Like it, there was a lot more other stuff going on that was like the real draw there. The real uh, magic was in the the drama of it, right? And the finding out about this part of his past we didn't know about, and and Jonathan Majors was awesome dude he was so awesome in this like i'll tell you what I, i've seen this and i've seen ant-man i i think and and i loved it i think he was the best part of the ant-man film 
but far and away, yeah. this character is better than that character. Yeah. Jonathan Majors is... So far, I'm liking him in just about everything I watch with him in it. Um, I've been saying for a while, like, he now is like the Michael B. Jordan of, like, <laughs> five, six years ago. Yeah. Where he's, like, in everything and really good in everything. Yeah. Like, he, it's only a matter of time before he's the sexiest man alive on, on whatever Time magazine as well. I mean, I don't know. He'd, he'd be the ugliest, sexiest man alive. <laughs> right. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But look, man, a lot of people do not agree with you. A lot of people find him very attractive. I guess. Uh, man. They're, <laughs> they're sitting across from each other in, like, the, in, in like the, the restaurant or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the very beginning when they, when they first get back together. And there's, like, the, the extreme close-up, and they go back and forth. And I'm looking yeah. at him, and I'm like, man, that is one ugly mother. <laughs> you know, like, like holy yeah. shit. And he looked good. But, man, he looked – it It looked so believable. He was so good. Majors was so good in that, man. I felt like it was a guy – like, like I felt like I, I could have just – I could just walk into him on the street. Like, like he yeah. – I don't know, man. He, he looked – his mannerisms and stuff, man. He he looked like a like a bum or whatever, right? Like a guy yeah, down. Yeah, on the he block. looked like a guy who just got out of prison. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He sold it well, and like I said, I I've, I've seen him in a lot of different roles, very very different roles, yeah. um, from like period pieces that like took place in the like whatever the fifties, sixties, whenever uh, uh, Lovecraft Country took place. I can't remember, but really early. U.S. history. Um, yeah. And then I, I saw him as Kang the Conqueror. I, I see him now as this character. And it's like his acting ability is fantastic. Like, I would yeah. say one thing about Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, is like he's he's kind of similar. He's like a Denzel Washington where, like, he, his characters are kind of similar no matter what he's doing. Like, there's just an element of, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Michael B. Jordan on the screen, right? But uh, when it comes to him, and especially in this film, um, you see it's like, damn, man, he, he really can act. Because that's a different guy than I saw in, in other films that I've seen him in. Very different yeah. guy. Just yeah. the way he, like, and he comes off as, like, really kind of timid in the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And almost like mumbling, and it's hard to like, it's kind of hard to make out what he's saying. And he's like, I don't know. But as the movie progresses, he gets more and more like vocal and menacing. Yeah, for sure. And then it, you know, it turns out he's he's doing stuff behind the scenes to ensure that he gets a shot. Like he wasn't fucking around. Like he came to get his shot. He's like, I don't have time. Like, he's older. Then Michael B. Jordan, or he's older than Adonis Creed in this. Yeah. He's never had a professional fight. So it is like, you know, it's a far-fetched idea to think this guy's going to come out of prison and get a shot for the title. <laughs> like, it, But this is a theme in so many Rocky films. Yeah. That's why I think it still worked. The very first Rocky film was about the greatest heavyweight champ in the world giving some no-name Italian guy from Philadelphia a shot at the title. For no damn good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was the premise of the Rocky film. 
So this totally worked for me. I get why people seeing this who are not big Rocky heads would be like, dude, that's so unbelievable. Like, yeah, it is. But they made it a point to showcase that in the movie, too. He's like, that's not how it works, man. Like, I can't just do that for, for you, you know. Um, and the only reason it ends up happening was very similar to the first Rocky film. The guy that the person was supposed, the guy that Apollo was supposed to fight in that film, got hurt or dropped out of the fight last minute, and they needed someone, and they needed a gimmick yeah. Yeah. to sell this fight. And the gimmick was give this no-name guy a chance. You know, every every no-name guy in America wants to watch that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that uh, that actually brings up like the only the only flaw like I find in the movie. Is that part is how uh, is how we get this fight and uh, huh. and how what uh, Drago's uh, hand gets broken or whatever? Um, yeah, that's that's like the only only problem I have with it because as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh well, that's that's uh, that's Dames like that that's his butt like he paid that guy he paid that guy to do it or whatever like he he's doing him a favor doing him a solid yeah. with this. It was I no saw, surprise. Like, you're right. No, no, like that was clear as day. And then yeah. the only way we find out is like when the mom uh, show, pulls out the picture and it's like, man, right. there is no investigative reporting in, in this world, <laughs> in, in Creed's world. You know, like no, yeah. nobody nobody asks if this guy's an ex-con, if this guy has has a, a violent uh, history or anything, you know? Right, right. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't a whole lot about his his violent past, and, and he did, you know, a, yeah, it, it kind of had a, a violent past. That in well, the story, he actually just pulled a gun, right? That's all he did. Well, but, yeah, but not, not that guy, but like the not not uh, Dame's violent past, but like the the beater, the uh, the guy that broke his hand. Like, yeah, he was he was friends with Dame. Like, there's a prison picture, right? right I mean, it right, had to be. Right. So like yes. that guy, whether whether he was violent or not, I mean he's an ex-con, right? So at yeah. least like his unsavory past at the at the very least. You're you know, right. Like, they they presented it as if it was a big reveal, and it was like to anyone that's really paying attention, it's it's so obvious. This guy wants a yeah. shot. There's yeah. you know there there's no way he can get it because there's already a fight lined up. How are we going to get him in a fight with the champ? You know, yeah. very quickly. Because fights don't just have, like, the champion defends his belt, what, once a year, maybe? Right? Yeah. So if that fight would have went down, he would have had to wait a whole other year to fight him if he got in there. So it was it was so obvious that it was like a setup to get him in there. Um, yeah, it was yeah. no surprise to me. And I'm not sure how much they thought they were really going to fool the audience with that. But they did have to, I think, address it directly yeah. for yeah. people. You know, you got to spoon feed some people. Yeah, um, you gotta do you gotta do something with it, I think. And you have just, to say it too. You can't yeah. just leave it open. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, but like they, for me, like they, it's it's nothing. Like they they gloss over. I mean, it, it happens. It comes and goes. It just yeah. moves the the story along, and it's just like a little blip, you know. There's a right. that's that's literally, I think, the only bad thing I could say about the movie. Like the only detracting thing I could say. Uh-huh. What did yeah. you think of so Michael B. Jordan directed this one, okay? Yeah. Uh, 
And, and normally also Sylvester Stallone at least had a hand in writing the script of, of every Rocky film and both of the first two Creed films. Uh, but he did not have a hand in writing this film. Uh, he was credited as a producer, and that's okay. it. So no acting in it, no writing in it. None of the creative process was, was Sylvester Stallone. In fact, the reason he supposedly, and I don't know how true this is, because they might have just wanted to phase him out. And if you watch Creed 2, it's clear yeah. that they were setting up his exit. So yeah. I don't understand what the controversy is or around Sly Stallone and Rocky not being in this film, they ended the last film purposely to phase him out. He ends yeah. it by saying, it's your time now. He sits down, and at the end of the film, he goes up to Toronto to, to see his son finally, like rekindle yeah. his relationship with his son and meet his grandson. So you're led to believe, like, okay, now Rocky is, is moving on with his own life, and now it's Creed's time to move on with his own life. Yeah. So, so I don't know why the controversy or why people so much are like, where's Rocky? It's like, well, he's in Toronto being a grandpa. You know? Yeah. Like, that's a, exactly where he's supposed to be. That's how the, I don't know. That's how this story has went. I actually, <laughs> I, I actually made a video several years ago when Creed 2 was, was, was going to come out, uh, where I thought, just by the tr trailer for, Rock, uh, for Creed 2, and because I thought it was time to do it, that they were going to kill off Rocky, like dramatically kill him off. And that was going to be part of the, the drama of the film and like a reason for Creed to fight. And he'd have to do it on his own now. Right. Because yeah. in, in Rocky three, the same thing happened. Rocky's trainer died. Right. As he was getting beat by Clubber Lang. So he got his ass beat. His trainer died. He was questioning his own ability. Right. And, like, why he's doing this, who is he, you know, why does he box, why does he fight, why does he care about this fight, all this stuff. What's his legacy? That was a perfect, like, they had the ability to do that with Creed too, because the same thing happened. The only difference was they didn't kill his trainer off. I, and I, I thought, thought that it would have I thought he was dead the whole movie. I he thought, thought he was, was dead. Uh, I thought. I I thought like it was like six cents stuff like where he was because man <laughs> especially at the way that thing starts the way the movie starts like he Creed's yes. getting Creed's getting his trainers or whatever and then everybody walks out of the room and then Rocky just yeah. walks up and then the rest of the movie man I'm watching it and it's like Rocky doesn't interact with too many people like you could you could have him like sixth sense in that movie and it, it, yeah. it works, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe it does work, man. Maybe he's, he's like seeing his son, like maybe his son's in heaven. Maybe, maybe Canada's heaven. It's up above. Okay. Us. All right. All right. Off the rails here. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one thing I did want to say that like the reason I even brought this up was because, uh, Michael B. Jordan's directing. So the first yeah, film was yeah. directed by, uh, Ryan Coogler. Okay. Who, who did black Panther. Um, oh, okay. Who did Fruitvale Station, who's clearly a huge fan of Michael B. Jordan. He puts yeah. him in, like, every film that he makes. Um, but after Fruitvale Station, which was kind of like his indie intro into filmmaking, he did the first Creed film, and it was, like, a massive success. Everyone's like, wow, it's, you know, this guy's the real deal. Like, two movies in a row, really great. Um, 
The second film was directed by a guy named Stephen Capel, I believe, Stephen Capel Jr. Um, and then this one is Michael B. Jordan. Now, there were some clear stylistic differences in this film. Yeah. Now, I'm sure you picked up on it because you've just recently watched the other ones back to back. Now, yeah, yeah. So, the, one of the kind of negatives that I, I had about, I don't, maybe it was just in the second film, is the fighting was great. It was intense. Um, but something about the way it was filmed made it seem smaller than it was. Like, this huge fight in Russia felt like it should have been so bigger feeling when you're watching it. And it felt okay. really small for some reason to me. Um, yeah. Now, even before I saw Creed 3, I knew, like, Michael B. had announced that, like, there you're going to see some differences in the fight choreography and stuff in this film and how it's filmed, how yeah. it's captured. Um, and that was super obvious. In the first fight, in the very beginning, and I was wondering if they were going to keep this up throughout the entire film, but they didn't, where they did that, like, um, you're kind of focusing in on the weak points that that uh, Adonis Creed is seeing in his opponent. Yeah. It, it's like showing, oh, there's this, there's this rib shot. I can hit this guy right, like, there it is, declaring opening. And as soon as it comes open again, I'm going to hit him there. That's going to win me the fight. And I, I figured that they would probably continue that throughout the film, but they didn't. It's kind of surprised by that. Um, but they did do something in the final fight that was drastically different than anything we've seen before in any of these films. Yeah. And that was like the – it was very stylistic. Like first they did something that I really liked, which was take out everyone. Yeah. It was yeah. just these two in the ring, and there was nothing else around. There was no audience. There was no commentators. There was no family, nothing. It was one-on-one, mano and mano. That's, they were the only people that existed. I liked that. I thought that was cool. What I yeah. wasn't as big a fan of was the uh, superimposed, like, prison bars and rolled-up mattress appearing in the corner. But what did you think of that? Because I'm sure some people like that. That stuff, I I like that whole – I like that whole part, that that whole the whole fight scene at the end. Yeah, um, there wasn't yeah there wasn't anything I didn't like about it. Uh, I I just felt like it was it was telling more of their story. Um, it was yeah. bringing bringing back. I like I really like the way that they unfolded uh, the past into the present and how that's affecting them. Uh, even in, yes. in this fight where, where it shouldn't be, where he should be focused on, on what's in front of him. This stuff is, it's, it's like too strong uh, to, uh-huh. to keep buried or whatever. Right. Yes. Um, that's the way, that's what I got out of it. At least. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, no, it was definitely like, it was obvious. That's what they were doing. I just don't know how yeah. much it worked for me. Like it, it came off a little cheesy when the, when the prison bars dropped down. And yeah. appeared behind him, um, but no, the the actual fight choreography, the actual yeah. fight, both fight. Oh my god, how jacked were both of these dudes? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, the, right. Creed was bigger than he was in the first previous two films. Yeah, and then and then here comes Jonathan Majors. Like, whoa, yeah, yeah, and you never would have guessed it under his bum attire in the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, right. 
Would you imagine he was that shredded underneath that bum attire? Like, you holy know, God. It's tough to – we talked about the, the first fighter in Creed, and they brought him back in this one. Yeah. But then, like, the he, the champ, the heavyweight champ, man, he did not – the whole time, like, my, my, my 12-year-old daughter sitting next to me, she even said, like, he doesn't yes. look that big when they the say new heavyweight champ. champ. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know what's funny? If you pay attention in the first Rocky film – they're light heavyweights. They're not okay. heavyweights. Yeah. And so it must be in the second film when he's he has worked his way up to heavyweight somehow. Okay. Um, because, I, yeah, I, I think it was just glaringly obvious that even Michael B. Jordan was not a heavyweight size in the first film. It was like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. Jack, but I don't, know about a, I don't know about a heavyweight, you know, and definitely not the guy he was fighting. Did not look yeah. like a heavyweight. Um, oh. But, yeah, the guy in this one that was, like, the new yeah. champion, dude, he looked like a middleweight. Like, he looked he looked small. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. They're trying to put these guys in the same – I mean, it's going to look ridiculous when they get in the ring, and it did. Yeah, I thought so. Um, a, lot of, a lot of crossover, like I said, with other Rocky films, like um, – but they did enough to – like they did, they did the whole in Rocky three at the beginning. They start off with him defending his title a bunch of times. It's like a montage. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, it's him retiring. He retires from boxing, and this kind of street guy shows up in Clubber Lang and challenges yeah. him and calls him soft. Says he's gone soft. Like he used to be. He used to be like this uh, tough streetwise champ. But now he's like a paper champion. He's only fighting guys he can beat, and he's gone soft with this, you know, lap of luxury. Same kind of elements here, right? This guy comes in. He's like, look at you. You know, you're soft now. You're domesticated. You're this. You're that. I'm the I'm the street guy. I yeah. I just got out of prison. A lot of the same elements, you know. Um, yeah. Draws him out of retirement, right, to fight him. Um, but it did enough, I feel like, to make it its own thing. It really did a good job at separating itself from the Rocky franchise, I feel like, and feel, feeling like its own thing uh, definitively now. Yeah, I thought so. I really enjoyed that. I liked um, one thing that was that, that seemed like glaringly obvious to me. I don't know if anybody else picks up. I'm sure other people have, or maybe you. When they're in uh, Adonis' uh, home, and you see, it's like his, I don't know what, like maybe his trophy room or whatever. Yeah. It's its everything from him. And then I guess maybe his dad and stuff. Yeah. But all of his all of his belts and his trunks and his gloves are flanked by two basketball jerseys. Now they're in, they're in L.A. He's an L.A. guy, right? It's yeah. It's flanked by, there's a uh, Shaq jersey. That's the first one we see, and we see that one a lot. But then on the right hand of the of the trophy case, we got Kobe too. Okay. Um, yeah. So I picked up on that right away. I saw that and I'm like, oh man, like that's like they're it's like um I don't know they're touching on that that I think that that worked towards this the storyline that they were pushed the, the storyline of the movie with the with the brothers you know like uh like the brotherhood between these two oh, guys. Oh sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the but fighting. also the rivalry, right? Yeah, the rivalry, and then the coming back at the end too. Like it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it really worked with the story. And I just, it, I don't know, man. It stood out to me like a big golden sore thumb because it's like the only thing in that room that isn't his, yeah. that isn't Adonis, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure that was purposeful. Oh, like yeah. Not, yeah. Not only because of his ties to L.A., right, which make it – it's like, of course, this guy would be a huge Lakers fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like you're saying, like, I, I'm sure that was uh, – that was intentional. I'm sure that was part of Michael B. Jordan's direction that did that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I bet. Pretty smart. Yeah, I thought so. I thought like it, it yeah, it added to it added a little bit to, to the story for me. It yeah. added a little bit more to the movie. And you know, a wonderful uh debut directorial debut for Michael B. Jordan, like directing and acting in a film, uh directing yeah. for the very first time. I thought he did a hell of a job. It is his first outing. Yeah, I thought so too, man. It was everything it, from the fight choreography was, to the to the you know the interactions between characters and like it was it impressive. was great. Yeah, yeah, very impressive. I thought. Um, one more thing that I want to touch on before we close it up. I know I said we we're going to do a, like a ten or fifteen minute video. No, nope, <laughs> <laughs> we're going all in. Um, it, it can't be that long, is it? I don't know. Maybe we're going to like 30 minutes. But anyway. All right. Yeah. Uh, the way they closed out the movie, two things I want to say here. One, it definitely did something different compared to any of the rest of the franchise, like I said, where, you know, the antagonist and the protagonist are like, you know, they're not best buds or anything, but they're like acknowledging each other in the end. And saying, hey, like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sorry I was there. Like, all of it, it comes to, like, I'm glad that they did that in the end. Mm-hmm. Instead of just ending it on the fight ending. Yeah. Because that would have taken so much away from, from the film. If they didn't have some sort of conversation after. Yeah. Um, and then number two, I feel like, listen, one of the, one of the main staples in the Rocky franchise it's just how many times he was pulled out of retirement, right? So he, he retired in Rocky three, and then they made three more Rocky films, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So I'm wondering if – and also, my favorite Rocky film is Rocky three. It's not everyone's favorite. In fact, I don't think it's most people's favorite. You either love the original the most – or like people love Rocky Four because he fights the Russian and it's so crazy. But that movie's cheesy as fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's great. It's fun as hell, and the fight is epic. But there's some really silly elements to that. Um, either way, Rocky Three is my all-time favorite, and one of my favorite things about it is the fact that his rival for the past two films, comes back to help him train for the fight of his life at that point, right? He's trained by his former nemesis. And then they yeah. end up becoming basically best friends after that. Um, I feel like this was a perfect setup going forward for that same type of story going forward. Like, I can see... Um, what's his name? What, what's his... Uh, Dame. Dame, yeah. Damien Anderson. Okay. 
I can see him helping now that Rocky's gone. Same thing that happened in, in Rocky Three. I could see him helping him train for some even more vicious opponent going forward if they do decide to do more films. And let's be honest, this made a shit ton of money. It made a yeah. hundred and some million opening weekend, um, which is fucking phenomenal. I mean, that's that's like that's almost that's like Ant Man money. I mean, that's like Marvel money. That's great <laughs> yeah. money. Yeah, great yeah. money for uh, for the eighth film in a fucking franchise that started in 1976. That's crazy. 